All right, welcome back to the Crossover Cellist. With me today is violinist, violist, composer, arranger, preparer of editions, uh, Moses Lay. Hi. Uh, How are you, Lewis? Thanks for... Uh, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Fine. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Um, so... Uh, Moses, where are you from? I am from Taiwan. Born in Taiwan? Born in Taiwan. Uh, grew up on the East Coast in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in the Bay Area for nine years now. Nine years. Um, and uh, was uh, what was your first instrument? My first instrument was violin. Um... Uh, a violin teacher moved into our neighborhood, and my mother said, Moses, do you want to learn violin? And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And that's how it happened. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess that's a, as typical a story as any. Um, so you and I have played a lot of music throughout the years together. I would say most of that music has been classical. Yes, or in some classical vein. Although you have played with uh, devotionals. Yes. Remember? And then well, maybe we've done some other things, a little bit of jazz, maybe? Yeah. Um, so, um, let's see. We played with the Town Quartet at the Musical Offering Cafe a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, we have kind of a chamber music collective together, the Uptown Chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, you're part of the, uh, exclusive, uh, club of local classical music soloists, Concerto Club. We've done, how, how many Concerto Club shows is this now? I think this, this is, is going to be number eight. Or eight. I think this is going to be number eight. Um, and, yeah, so, um... And it, when did you start that up? That was... Oh, I don't remember. Early, like, 2013 or so? When, when were... It was the Awaken Cafe days. Yeah, so it would, probably would have been 2013-ish. 2013-ish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So... Now it's basically, like, once a year. Once a year over the period of six, seven years. Yeah. Um, and let's see, uh, what did you play? You played two box. I've played two box and I played, uh, Marcello Concerto. The yes. Oboe Concerto I played on violin. Yeah. Um, so the, the box that you played, one, one was the, um, the Oboe d'Amour Concerto. You played on viola. Yes, Oboe d'Amour Concerto. And the other one is the Viola Concerto. J.S. Bach Viola Concerto. Well, at least we think it might have been a Viola Concerto. Right. Um, people have also reconstructed it as an Oboe Concerto yeah. as well. Uh-huh. And I've heard it more times on Oboe than on viola. But um, the editor of the concertos for the new Bach edition, um, Professor 
I think it's Wilfred Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought it was an oboe concerto early in his career, and about ten years ago, he reevaluated that and said that he now thinks it's for viola, and so he prepared an edition and for viola. Does he give you some reasons? Um, he thinks that the range would have not really fit the. Um, oboe, as it would have been played at that time, mm-hmm. and it's also not big enough of a range for to, for it to be a violin concerto. Right, right. And the, the existing version we have is for keyboard, right? Correct. Yeah. So we. So but, none of his solo instrument um, concertos have survived in their original form. None. Other than the violin concertos, the two big Correct. ones, uh, E major and A minor. Yeah, so, and the double, right? And the double, right. But all the other ones, uh, they are not... We don't have them in their original instrumentation. Right. Um, they're all arranged for keyboard. And uh, we think it was late in his life when uh, he was part of a uh, sort of a bar club where they, they played a lot of music. Is that the Collegium Musicum? I think it... It would be. I, I have to verify that, but I think it was the Collegium Musicum. And that was... In Leipzig. Uh, that was um, a mix of uh, professionals and students and amateurs, right? From what I understand, yeah. Um, and Telemann was in charge of this for a time as well, right? Yeah. They were bros, is that right? Bach and Telemann? As, as far as we know. He's CPE Bach's uh, godfather. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted him to have a, a, a godfather of high esteem. So, yeah, so, I mean, all these concertos were arranged so that he himself could play the concerto part, the, yeah. um, the concertino part. Right. Okay, so, um, anyway, so we're doing concert, uh, while we're talking about concerto club, this is actually the furthest concert away that we're talking about. Um, but we're doing two nights at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, uh, March 29th and March 30th. And you said you're going to play a Telemann? Yes, I'm going to play a Telemann, uh, Oba Domari Concerto. Again, on viola. On viola. On viola, yes. Fantastic. I'm going to play, um, a Overture Suite originally for Viola da Gamba. Uh, and, uh, it's for strings and uh viola da gamba and what i like is that uh the solo part gets to play all the lead lines in the tutti sections whereas for most cello concertos i always in the tutti sections i play the bass line uh-huh. you know what i mean and so this time i get to lead the group like mm-hmm. the whole time well viola da gamba music is a good source of uh i would say transcriptions for both violists and cellists yeah, absolutely. Like uh, the Bach uh, Gamba Sonatas. Yeah, um, Anne and I have played the the D major Gamba Sonata at Musical Offering when we were subbing for you. Yeah. And that's a great piece. We got good reviews. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like them all. I think they're all good. I, I, it's hard for me to say which one is my favorite. But I know a lot of people really like that D major. Um, it lies pretty well on the viola, right? You only need to do a little bit of uh, transposing of the octaves. Yeah. Um, okay. So, another, speaking of Bach, uh, we are doing a concert this coming Wednesday. 
uh, at the musical offering, uh, an evening concert, um, we're doing one of his major works. Is that fair to say? Most famous, if not made, most major. I would say, like, is the passions most are most oh. major. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. One of the most famous is the musical offering. I would say it's a major secular work. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, the musical offering uh, is... I think a unique. It's certainly unique in, in not just box uh, output, but in all of music, uh, because it's. Well, should we? Should you? T- do you want to tell the story of uh, like how it came to be? Um, the way we understand it, um, the King of Prussia, uh, Frederick the Second, mm-hmm. um, invited Bach to his court. Uh, he had heard Bach was a great improviser and he was considering him for a a position and uh, to sort of test out his skills uh, the king he was an amateur musician himself he was a flute player Um, he wrote this very chromatic melody it's not clear whether he wrote it or he got it from somewhere Mm -hmm. but uh in any case, it's a very chromatic melody that would, in most cases, for most people, be very difficult to improvise counterpoint on. Yes. And uh, he said, uh, Maestro Bach, would you improvise a three-voice fugue for me mm-hmm. on this theme that I've given you? And he did it. He did it on the keyboard right then. Mm-hmm. And then the king said, wow, that was great. How about six voices? Uh-huh. And Bach said, I even cannot do it uh, improvising, but I will take home the melody and write it for you and send you the result. Right. The six-voice fugue. And when he got home, he wrote down the three-voice that he had improvised. Yeah. And he also constructed the six-voice fugue. And then he did a bunch of other things with this melody and uh, sent it all to the king in a, in a package, and this was the piece. Yeah, right. But, so, there's more to it than just the six-voice fugue. There's the sonata, right? Yes, there's a trio sonata for flute, violin, and continuo. And there are also ten, what are now called the riddle canons. Right. Or I always thought, or I always called them riddle fugues. Yeah, you'll hear riddle cannons or riddle fugues. Technically, they are cannons. They are not fugues. They are, but it's some just starting at dinner, different intervals. And basically, like, one example of... There is one fugue among them, but mostly they're cannons. Right, oh, right. Um, the, an example is, you'll have... Uh, a line, one line of music. That's Ariel, if you hear her. She's out. Uh, we just had rehearsal for this, so uh, she's having a good conversation with Ami. Who's also playing on her. Who's also playing. Uh, anyway. Uh, so you'll have one line of music, um, and maybe you'll have two clefs. So you have a treble clef, and then you have a bass clef, but the 
the bass clef is not on the, the normal line that it's on. It's uh, on like the top line. I seem to remember that. Yeah. And so that's and then it just becomes an F clef. And so basically, somebody plays uh, the line in treble clef, and then at a certain point, maybe it's indicated, or maybe it's not, it is, or maybe there's a clue in the text. Yeah, there's usually a clue or a segno sign. Yeah. Like a. And then that person will play the same line, but in the new clef. Yes. Or maybe there's a clef at the end. Right. The first one is the one that's a crab cannon, which means that the first player plays it forwards and the second player plays it backwards. Right. So then the clef is at the end, upside yeah. down. Right. Um, and then... So upside down basically means that you're just... We'd flip the music over and read yeah, it. Yeah, you flip the music over. Yeah. And, and read it, the the end, as if it were the beginning. Right. Yeah, so, crazy stuff like that. Yeah. R- Riddle can. And um, the first eight, he tells you how it's supposed to be constructed via right. the text. So he says, uh, two violins at the unison, or by whole step, or some other clue, he writes it in in Latin. And then, right before 9 and 10, he writes in Latin, seek and ye shall find, and he does not give the clues Right in 9 and 10. So you're supposed to just puzzle it out. And there's multiple solutions, right? Um, So I kind of like that. Room for interpretation. Uh, He's... A sneaky mofo, this J.S. Bach. Um, Didn't uh, his son end up working for this king? I I don't know. Okay. I think that's what ended up happening. Because he was hanging out with Quantz, and Quantz... Yeah, Quantz was... He was a flute flute guy. The flute guy. Of the 18th century. And uh, Quantz... And so the flute-playing king had the flute... the, the, The main flute guy of the century working for him, right? Teaching him flute and writing right, pieces for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think they were hanging out together in Berlin, is that something right? Uh, I don't think it was Berlin. Okay. I, yeah, Berlin I, is, yeah. Hamburg, maybe? These yeah, we'll have to look that up. Well, that we, we were not super prepared for this <laughs> this depth of uh, history, music history. I know C.P. Bach has a, a couple of symphonies named after, or sets of symphonies named after cities. There's Berlin symphonies and there's Hamburg symphonies. Um, but, okay, anyway. Whichever it is, it's got to be in Prussia, because it was the king of Prussia. Yeah. Well, yeah, but see, I don't know where that is. <laughs> Prussia? What is Prussia? Prussia is it's like an a, old it, German state. Yeah, right. That got merged into Germany eventually. Was Germany a thing when Prussia was around, or was there other? It things? was starting to be a thing, but it wasn't quite a thing. Bavaria. Bavaria is also one of the areas that became part of Germany eventually. But was it part of Prussia? No, it was its own thing. Right. Right. Okay. So there were five or six different German states and. They yeah, formed a confederation and that eventually became Germany. The Gauls. <laughs> <Not enough. laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, this has been fascinating. Um, yeah. So we're playing the whole musical offering. I think um, you know, for me, it's it's a long time coming, and it's actually part of a series called the Bach Project, which is a series of all Bach pro- 
uh, Bach concerts. Um, and this is part two of the series. Uh, and I think it's, it's having played at the musical offering for so long, uh, it's about time that we actually play the musical offering at the musical offering. So I hope that the patrons uh, of that establishment uh, come and enjoy the show. And I hope that we do the piece justice. And I think we will. I'm really excited by rehearsals. Yeah, I think we have a good group, and yeah, we love the music. Yes, yeah, totally. one of the weirdest Bach pieces. Absolutely. Uh, that uh, when I play it for my friends, they they can't believe it's Bach. Yeah. Um. And so we already said Ariel Wang is going to play. Ami Nashimoto is going to play. Uh, my mom, Carla Piki, is going to play. Uh, great flute player, Jane Lenore, is going to play. And Anne Rainwater, the keyboard player, uh, who's been on this podcast before. She's going to play. Um, so, okay, so that's musical offering. We have another concert coming up. Um, March 2nd, uh, we're doing a New Music by Oakland Composers concert. Uh... Those composers being Derek Sepp, uh, Mia Bella Dagelli, Ariel Wing, myself, and you. I'm playing yeah. uh, Sasha Lahner, a uh, great local flute player, is going to play a piece that you wrote for solo flute. Solo flute. What's this piece? Um, it's called Snowy Woods. Uh, wrote it when I was 19. Uh, mm. I didn't realize it was that old. Uh, yeah, I wrote it when I was uh, living in Chicago, going to school there at Northwestern. And was it like a, an assignment? It was initially an assignment and kind of ran away from the assignment. Right. It's good when you have you start to write something and you realize that you want it to actually be something. Yeah. Um, do you do much composing these days? Uh, I don't have much time I, I mostly become a performer and uh, occasionally a uh, and it, mostly in the capacity of being a band leader arranging things yeah yeah so one of uh, uh, your your titles that I, I feel like I I'm kicking myself for not using in the intro is the musical secret agent because <laughs> you always seem to like come up with, like, a, a part, or, you know, you, you come up with music that was unavailable, or, like, I didn't know about the Bach viola concerto, and I feel like I know about this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Or, or Partify, or, you know what I mean? Partify is a website where you can put uh, a score in, and it'll separate the parts for you. So if you don't have the individual parts, but you have the score, you can scan it, or, you know, put the file in, and it takes a lot less time than cutting it up yourself. Well, it, it's basically a fancy cutting and paster. Exactly. But it knows about lines of music and can put them together for you. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, actually, are, are you playing the Capo concert in April? Uh, we haven't You're discussed... not on that, that email? Uh, you have been on those I, emails. I have not able to make sure whether I can make the dates. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, but so we that's will... another project that we have done in the past. Yes. Uh, the Composer, Arranger, Performer, Orchestra. Uh, and we played 
some Shostakovich preludes that you arranged for a string orchestra. Correct. Um, that concert's April 13th, and we hope you can do it. Okay, well, we will see. Okay. Okay, so, non-musical question, Moses. Okay. Um, which Harry Potter house are you in? Uh, in Slytherin. Me too. Really? Yeah, and is that just because you took the quiz, or is it because something deeper? Well, I took the quiz because I was coerced into doing so. Uh-huh. But I think it's great. I mean, Slytherin is where uh, people who are destined for greatness end it's, up in It's Slytherin. true. Something you and I have in common. Apparently. Um, it's all about ambition, right? Yeah. When I took the quiz, it was like, which one, which answer would screw people over the most? <laughs> but I don't know if I took the official quiz. I just took some random quiz. But I just think that Draco and Severus Snape are really funny in the movies. And you've been watching the movies in German, is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Is that is that fun? Well, I mean, I, I'm very interested in languages that have been for... I mean, I, I'm bilingual... Um, Mandarin and, and uh, Mandarin and English, English. and um, have been interested in languages for many years. Uh, and I'm getting ready to move to Berlin, so um, I am sort of using um, familiar movies and listening to the German dub to get my ear around German and learn a little bit of German. Yeah. Well, we're gonna miss you, Moses. Hope you come back and visit. Do some concerts. I'm sure that that will happen. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you, Louis. Um, we are going to hear a track. Uh, this is a recording that we actually just made of uh, the four-part canon. Four-part canon, canon, number ten. Yes. Out of the ten. This is from the Musical Offering by J.S. Bach, uh, performing... Uh, all right. Moses Lay, yeah, uh, myself. Um, yeah, so let's in in order of appearing, or, or hear you'll hear yes. Moses first. In order of the parts coming in, it will be Moses Lay, myself, Ariel Wang, Ariel, right, and then is Ani? it? It's no, Ani. no, me. No, it's you first, Louis Passner, and Ami Nashimoto. Yeah, bringing uh, out the baseline. And this is, I think, a, a particularly. It's just, there's nothing too fancy, it's just a canon, right? It is a canon with a very long subject. Long subject, and uh, it's pretty chromatic, I would say. Uh, And when we're talking about weird music, this is one of the weirdest, in terms of, you know, uh, this piece. Um, Okay, well, thanks so much, and uh, remember, it's not celloist. It's cellist!